Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family once again here on Purple Mafia, episode number 51 today of the aforementioned Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Joey Awajan, also known as Paladino Joey. Today is December the 13th, lucky number 13 for the Minnesota Vikings today, 2009, Sunday, December 13, 2009, and, uh... The Vikings are back, folks. The Vikings are back. But first and foremost, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. As always, it is terrific. I hope you enjoyed the retro-esque uh, of the, uh, the previous episode, episode number 50, because, you know, there's a little bit of reminiscing. I put in the original intro, that Green Day song in there, and... Uh, this one's back, folks. This one's back. And uh, I know I've heard it's a little bit long, and I'm looking to shorten it a little. Just haven't gotten around to it yet. I've uh, you know, been doing other stuff, doing some other editing and all that good stuff. So that's why that's going on. So I guess to the show today, obviously, we're going to talk about the Vikings' 30-10 to victory over the formerly 9-3 and Cincinnati Bengals, as the Vikings are now 11-2. and Remember, the guest of episode 50 was just... An emotional, frustrating, you know, I, I was just so frustrated. It was kind of an outpouring of frustration. And uh, the biggest scare of that game was, will the Vikings respond by tightening up whatever holes they had, they had developed, the bad habits they had developed in those easy games against uh, Detroit, Cincinnati, and excuse me, Detroit, Seattle, and Chicago uh, that were obviously exploited in that Arizona game, or... Would those bad habits continue to be exploited, and this time by a another pretty good team, and actually a better team in the Cincinnati Bengals instead of the Arizona Cardinals? Um, but the Vikings, hey, you know, at least one thing, too, dome field advantage does count, and uh, the Viking fans did a great job of that today, like they always do. Vikings undefeated at home this year. We hope that continues. Uh, actually, in the regular season, they will finish that way, undefeated. So that is very, very good. 8-0 record, undefeated in the regular season. Congratulations to the 63,000-plus fans that have attended those Viking games. You have made the Vikings undefeated at home. But now we have uh, some more road games, unfortunately. We have more work to do. The Minnesota Vikings do, of course. Will the Vikings finish 11-5? and No, they won't. They have three more games. Carolina is the following game, and that'll be the other uh, aspect of the show today on episode number 51. We're going to preview the Carolina Panthers game. That'll be a very, very interesting test for this team. It sure will. But today, the, the whole idea coming in 
was, who was the X-Factor coming into the game today? Who was the X-Factor? It was Carson Palmer. It was Carson Palmer. And, um, well, Carson Palmer had another mediocre type of game, like he did against uh, Detroit last week, which is kind of funny when I say that, Detroit, but still, hey, (laughs) that's what's kind of amazing right there. But, uh, no, Carson Palmer did not come out and have a good game like we know he's capable of, and didn't help the Bengals' chances today. It really didn't. It really, really didn't. So let's get into the actual game here. As the Bengals, of course, receive the ball first. Like, it seems like every time it's always the other team, but hey, I'm okay with that. You know me. I'm going to say it again. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Losing the uh, losing the toss doesn't really hurt in, in my eyes. I mean, I know you're, a lot of people are momentum people. You like to have momentum starting off the game. I like to have momentum going into the second half. I really do, because, you know, it's really great about if you can uh, shut down the team you're playing against on their opening possession. They're screwed. Any momentum they might have had started off there on that opening drive, they're, they're kind of screwed, you know, at least you hope. Uh, let's just say it doesn't help. Now, Antoine Winfield finally returns, and uh, that was really good. It couldn't come at a better time for this team. I mean, the Bengals, as I said, 9-3 and three coming in, as we all knew. 9-3 and three coming in, a very dangerous team. Four and one in their last five. But what happens to the Bengals on their opening drive? As we talked about momentum. They have two costly penalties and open up a third and 14. Yet, this is where I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go again. As the Bengals are the best team in the NFL on third and 10 or more, and they get that first down. They get the first down. It's like, oh, no, here we go again. That's just what Arizona did to us last week. After another first down, the Bengals, you know, another quick pass. It was just immediate. Their drive ends after another penalty and a sack by Brian Robinson. So Brian Robinson right there, he, <laughs> he's a he's a pretty crazy player. He's a pretty hyper-energetic guy. And uh, unfortunately, that'd be the only sack of the day. So again, was the defensive line the reason that uh, Carson Palmer had troubles today? Yes and no. Now, sure, Lee was pressured quite a bit, but only one sack. So there, there's a start right there. But also, it's the Vikings secondary really cleaned up a lot of their uh, bad habits, a lot of the holes from that Arizona game. Now, will it last? We hope so, but it sure the heck looked good today. It sure did. Now, unfortunately, right as uh, Antoine Winfield returns, Percy Harvin is out again. Percy Harvin and migraine headaches again. Hmm. That's no good. And the great part is about this, as the Vikings now get the ball, their offense picks... Up where it left off in Arizona, a three and out. Oh, goody. It's like, here we go again. As I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to get into it several times here, you're going to hear me say this about 100 times today. That Bengals secondary is crazy is crazy good. They are crazy good. And, uh, man, Favre had to really work for what he got today. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it sure as heck wasn't four touchdowns and 400 yards. That's for sure. And no interceptions, yeah. Notice, no interceptions. Yeah, that wasn't that either. As the defenses for both teams would flex their muscles right after this, as uh, the Bengals would get a three and out. The Vikings defense looking good again. Adrian Peterson struggling again, at least early on. He, the Vikings did get past the 50, which was nice. A few short plays. But then Favre would get intercepted by, or picked off by Leon Hall. His third interception given up in three quarters of play. Three quarters of play. Third interception. Luckily, the next three quarters he wouldn't throw on. <laughs> But still, that was a far cry from the three he had in the first three months and zero interceptions in November. So, 
that had me a little bit worried. Just a little bit. It's like, here we go again. It's, it's just like the Arizona game. We're throwing interceptions, not getting completions. It's like, oh, boy. Oh, a little scary. And in this, of course, Cincinnati, the most stingy team in the AFC coming in. <laughs> Folks, I cannot believe the Vikings got 30 points today. <laughs> and none of them were this big, giant defensive play, like fumble recovery for a touchdown either. One of them might have been, but it wasn't. Of course, it would have been 37 to 10 if that happened. <laughs> And when Winfield, folks, he's back to his old self. He missed six games. That's a lot. Six games, and he made several huge hits all day. Just all day, forcing some drop passes, some crushing hits. How many times did they make a replay saying, Ooh, listen to that. Look at that hit by Winfield. Oh, you know. <laughs> Deardorff and uh, Gumble, those guys, you know, they're, 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 they're pretty good. It was nice to see the CBS crew again. It's been a while. Seems to always happen when you play an uh, AFC team. But uh, here come the Vikings here. This is when you first start to get a little bit of hope in their offense. Might start be might start to uh, get their ass in gear, basically. A 15-yard gain by Peterson. It's like, finally. Finally, Peterson breaking loose up the middle again. Far through to Barry, and though, who lost the ball in the air. The ball hit a bangle. I can't remember which one it was. Um, it was one of their safeties, and I can't remember which one. So I'm not even going to say... But then the ball bounced into the hands of Favre's miracle man, Greg Lewis. Greg Lewis does it again. This wasn't a game-winning touchdown with the Vikings trailing by four or anything against the 49ers. But hey, <laughs> it prevented things getting pretty rough for the Vikings here early on. A nice catch. Of course, that was a first down because it was a you know, fairly, fairly nice game in the, in the end. It worked out nice. Greg Lewis, I guess that's where we signed him to, to pull off a couple of little miracles for us. Uh, Brett Favre threw a, a Brett Favre uh, on the next play, believe it or not, tried to take the wind out of the uh, Bengals' sails big time after that. As he was running forward and threw the ball into the end zone to an open Sydney Rice. But it was so obvious, plain as day, as the play happened, he was past the line of scrimmage, and uh, that was the end of it. And unfortunately, that was the end of the Vikings' drive. Not on that play, but on the next two plays, Vikings didn't get anything done. They do get a 41-yard field goal by Mr. Automatic. This guy is, yeah, I think I've said enough accolades, but he is just the best kicker, man. 41-yard kick by Ryan Longwell. He doesn't miss anything. 3 nothing Minnesota. So there you go. I mean, yeah, the Vikings drew, drew blood against Arizona last week, too. 7 nothing. but at least Peterson, at least there's hope that the running game can get things going a little bit here. We'll, we'll see, though. As Carson Palmer would continue to struggle. Just crazy. Carson Palmer just continued to struggle here. And on the punt return, the Bengals would incur another penalty with a hit out of bounds. So already three penalties right there. It's like you start writing down the number of penalties on the, on the, on the Bengals. What a bunch of goofballs today. I mean, they just, I don't know what their problem was. And, uh, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. Peterson then just started showing us what he really is, folks. He is the best running back in the league. And finally, uh, Finally, you know, he didn't break 100 yards, neither did Cincinnati. Oh, but uh, Cincinnati's Cedric Benson, but uh, barely on both sides. 97 yards for Peterson, 96 for Benson, but uh, Peterson finally, finally him getting going. That is why the Vikings won today, man. That is why the Vikings won him and Chester Taylor. Favre was able to find Rice, though, but that play, a lot of that was uh, Peterson. A lot of that was the running game during that drive. Peterson had a 26-yard gain on one of those. It was just beautiful. 
or excuse me, 15 yard, uh, another 15 yarder in there. And then this time he would hit Rice, Favre did, into the end zone. It's 10 nothing Minnesota. One of those classic little, uh, <laughs> he just caught the pass and it was out of his hands before you knew it. And in Rice's hands, just a bullet. 10 nothing Minnesota. And then uh, Sidney Rice made us think of Alvin Harper, former Dallas Cowboy. Not a fan of the Cowboys or anything, but he was the guy that really got this started, dunking the ball in, in the uprights. Got it like that. Got it like that. And then the Vic, uh, excuse me, the Bengals right after that went on a very determined drive because it's like, hey, you know, let's stop screwing around here. We need this. Included a uh, dumb penalty by Kevin Williams. Palmer, right here, Palmer was, was out of bounds. Now, it wasn't anything crazy, but he just went right into him and shoved him. And Palmer was already out of bounds. Kevin Williams just kind of, I don't know, a brain fart, I guess. And it was illegal, Another a nice 15-yard penalty, and the Bengals all of a sudden around like the 40-yard line. Oh, goody. Not the best play by Kevin Williams. Uh, there were a lot of penalties today, quite a few. The Vikings didn't have that many fewer than Cincinnati, folks. They really didn't. And that was one of them right there. That was a pretty big one. Luckily, it didn't, it didn't end up being too bad in, in the long run, but a few good runs later because Cedric Benson was on his game. Palmer and Ocho Cinco looked like Kerr Warner... And Anquin Bolden. It was a nice little 15 to 20 yard pass. Ocho Cinco ran towards the sidelines and then just went all the way. Touchdown. That was a pretty good play right there. That was the play of the day for Cincinnati. <laughs> that doesn't sound good, does it? Because that's it. That was it. Early in the second quarter. 10 to 7 Minnesota. Cincinnati would never lead in this game, as you might guess. Never would lead. Because the Vikings then went to work, folks. This is where things get a little bit fun here. Favre does something he hasn't done in a, a while. He, this is actually the first time he did it this year. But, yeah, Peterson would have another nice game. It's, it's just like this was an indication that things were going to be all right. The Vikings can run the ball against this team. It's like, sure, the passing game wasn't there because, at least not for a long time, not until, like, the end of the game, practically. But uh, overall, the passing game just wasn't there. But the running game sure the heck was. And uh, later in the drive, Brett Favre had a quarterback sneak. He's third and three. Brett Favre, four yards up the middle, first down. When's the last time you saw Brett Favre do one of those? And it, it was quick, too. It was, it was nice. Jonathan Joseph, as you're going to hear his name so much as I continue to review this game. Jonathan Joseph. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Watch out for this guy. Man, is he... Uh, mm, he is an outstanding cornerback. He almost had an interception on an end zone pass to Rice. I mean, it was pretty close. Hall would stop burying his. There's the other guy, Hall, as well. Just Joseph and Hall were just unbelievable in this <laughs> in this game. Hall and Joseph, just like Hall and Oates, right? He stopped burying at the six, making it fourth and four. Chip shot field goal. It's like, doggone it. It's four points down the drain. But here's where things get really crazy as I'm leading into that. 13-7 to Minnesota at this point. The Bengals' Leonard would fumble after a short catch, setting the Vikings up for a 45-yard field goal with only four seconds remaining in the half. It's like, thank you. That was a gift. So we got three of the four points that uh, we didn't get after the Bengals had shut us down on a few end zone attempts. 16-7. to So there you go. That, that worked out nice. It was a nice gift. We appreciate Leonard for that. He just, it was just a... Mm, it was, as they say, it was a high percentage play, but they still could, they still turned the ball over. The Bengals got the ball 35 seconds left. 
still turn the ball over. The Vikings just immediately kicked a field goal because, you know, you don't need to, they didn't have time to make any pass or anything. 45 years, so it didn't, yeah. What does Ryan Longwell do? Of course he makes it. Yep, 16 to 7. 16 to 7. And the Vikings are set up per- uh, perfectly going into the second half as they would receive. That's why I don't always mind losing uh, the coin toss. I know that sounds dorky to some of you out there, but that's why. I mean, you, you get a quick score, or a quick couple scores in this case. Neither one a touchdown or anything. Hmm. But still, basically, a touchdown, almost. And then you get the ball back in the second half. Mm-hmm. That is cool stuff. That really is. So in the first half, the Bengals had eight penalties for 65 yards. <laughs> and they'd open the second half with the ni- their ninth penalty of the game as the kickoff would go out of bounds. The Bengals didn't even see the ball for six minutes after this, but they'd already had incurred their ninth, their first penalty of the second half. <laughs> kickoff out of bounds. It's like, wow, where is your guys' composure? I don't know. I don't know what happened to Cincinnati in this game. I really don't. It had to be their worst game of the year. It was their Arizona Cardinals game, except, you know, worse. It was like, kind of like Vikings going into Pittsburgh when they were still looked on as a Super Bowl contender. They're not anymore, and uh, I'm not crying. A tear ain't dropping my eye. I'd rather see Cincinnati win that division. I actually like the Bengals quite a bit. They're not my favorite team or anything, or third favorite or anything like that, but, uh, you know, it's nice to see a team like that finally get, get going. It really is a team with some talent. So here we go. Adrian Peterson did a pretty good job in the first half, but there was a guy we'd forgotten about temporarily, you know, because he didn't really see much action in the first half. Chester Taylor went to work. Oh, my goodness, did he ever in this third quarter. Oh, my goodness. As he had a catch and run for a first down on a long third down. That's where it just got started. Then Favre, <laughs> Favre gets got flattened by a 300-pound Johnson for a sack. So it's third and 17. And take one guess what happened, folks. Take one guess. Another penalty for Cincinnati. That's number 10. That's 10. Offsides. So now it's third and uh, 12. Chester Taylor, 26-yard gain. 26-yard gain from with, with a catch from Favre. That is Mr. Third Down. They should call him Mr. Third Down, and I'm going to call him that from now on. Or Third Down Taylor, whatever whatever you guys want to go with. I'll just go with whatever. Maybe some of you callers out there can, uh, callers or posters out there on, on the sportsstuff.com boards could uh, suggest one of those or something. So, just thought I'd throw that out there, because third down Taylor, third down Taylor, up the middle 17 right after that. I mean, talk about momentum. It's just like, that was so fun, because, you know, when you have two guys like this, two excellent backs with, with very different special skills, shows just how dangerous this offense can be when it, when it works. I mean, when this offense works, because those short passes aren't always a guarantee. Sometimes they get smelled out, or it's just a weekly design play, but uh, when you have Brett Favre who gets rid of the ball a heck of a lot faster than DeVarce Jackson, the offense is a lot less predictable, and boom, you know, this is beautiful. It's it's fun to see this. Because then it's like Peterson's like, hey, don't forget about me now. Don't forget, I'm still the, the king. He came right in. He'd have a nice gain up the middle. <laughs> and then after two tries, Peterson had finished the drive. 13th touchdown of the year, only one more to go for the Vikings' single-season record. For rushing touchdowns. What a devastating and impressive drive in so many ways. It was virtually all on the ground. 
You know, it it, it really was because the pass to Taylor that's still kind of like on the ground because it's a short pass to a running back. It's still kind of on the ground. It technically isn't. Um, Vikings used up six and a half minutes before the Bengals would even see the ball in the second half. It was only eight minutes and thirty five seconds to go in the third period when the Bengals had finally touched the ball and it was already twenty three to seven Minnesota. That's how you win football games, folks. That's what Minnesota Vikings football is all about. When you have guys like Taylor and Peterson to go with Favre, that's what Viking football is all about. And uh, drives like that can win Super Bowls, folks. It they really can. And uh, that was that was amazing. That was the play of the day. That whole drive was the play of the day. Unbelievably awesome. What a, what a nice team effort too. It just shows you. Because amazingly, the Bengals, they had, see, here's a stat when it just kind of shows you, oh boy, this is this is going to end real quick. This is going to end real quick. Like, the stat isn't going to end, I don't think, <laughs> but I mean, the game is going to end real quick for the Bengals. The Bengals had, or at least they're winning, they're winning ways they're going to end really quick when they keep doing this. Amazingly, the, the Bengals had six touchdowns, excuse me, the Bengals had zero touchdowns in the second half of their last five games, yet they went four and one. It's like, yeah, that's going to be four and two real quick if they have zero touchdowns because <laughs> uh, no way, you know. They're not going to get that many field goals, for one. Secondly, I mean, you can't keep doing that. I mean, they, I understand they were ahead in a lot of those games, but mm, that's pretty. That's a pretty frightening stat. You know, there's a bad habit, you could say, you know, for the Bengals. It's, it's basically a bad habit. The Bengals barely get a first down. Benson... Almost fumbled, but uh, Sapp would run into the end zone and all that good stuff. But, yeah, Benson's elbow was down. You saw the replay. And it's, oh, boy. Saw Bengals had retained possession, but that's just how it goes. Is how about this? How about this fact, folks? How about this? The Bengals are yet to lose a fumble this year. Yeah. 13 games in, they're yet to use, lose a fumble this year. That's pretty good. But unfortunately, that's still not good enough when you can't get when you can't even get a first down. They were stopped. Aaron Henderson was able to recover a fumble on the kickoff. Frampton ended up recovering or getting the ball on the kickoff this time. Eric Frampton and good old Aaron Henderson. He's the only Henderson left right now, unfortunately, of those two guys. He was able to recover the fumble by Frampton. Thank God. And I'm going to just get into these guys now: Joseph and Hall. Oh my God, they're amazing cornerbacks. Joseph's coverage on Rice is a sight to see. It it really is, as this guy is all league. He made Favre and the receivers look almost average most of the day, and in particular when going downfield, there were virtually no go. Uh, there were no down the field plays this this whole day, and, and the Vikings tried to get cute a few times, and it never worked. Never, ever, 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 ever. That is a really good secondary over there in Cincinnati. Joseph and Hall are unbelievable. Particularly Joseph, but both of them just huge. Hall got an interception today, as mentioned, and Joseph almost had one. But it was more or less not even trying to get interceptions. It was just the fact that every attempt, they were totally there on the play. Their hand was on the ball, and it was done. The play was over. Ball was on the ground, no interference, none of that foolishness. Just great defense. And uh, Cincinnati has the makings of a pretty good football team over there, and... uh, they might have a chance to get some type of playoff success going over there if Carson Palmer can get his head out of you-know-what. And he needs to do that very quick because he's he's been struggling again. 
he's been struggling again. He was definitely a big reason why Cincinnati was moving forward because you got that great defense, and then all of a sudden now you can finally start scoring again. Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, can start showing what he can do, you know. And unfortunately, speaking of Ojo Stinko, unfortunately for him, after a explosion by Cedric Benton, 42-yard gain, getting them into the red zone, as a lot of people started uh, talking about this stat, the Vikings' rush defense had 35 straight games coming in, not allowing a 100-yard game by a running back, or on the ground, or whatever you want to say, on the ground by a specific player. The last guy was Ryan Grant on November 11, 2007, which is the longest active streak in the National Football League. So people started talking about that immediately after that 42-yard game. That put Cedric Benson in about 92 yards. Like, uh-oh, here you go. Cedric Griffin, boy, did he hit Ocho Cinco. <laughs> he hit him hard right around this point of the time of the game. This was the same, yeah, this was the immediate play afterwards. The helmet just flew off. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to get, you're going to hear something. Something couldn't be right here. Ocho Cinco started blowing up at Griffin. Luckily, they'd shake hands later. And yeah, it was a blow to the head. All of a sudden, it's first and goal. But Griffin would get redemption, folks. I mean, that's what's that's what's good. You know, you make a mistake, you come right back at him right away. Batted the ball away from who? Ocho Cinco. No touchdown. Graham would get a chip shot field goal, making it 23-10. But that pretty much stuck the dagger into the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at that point. It pretty much did. Two teams would go three and out after that. Not much time would come off the clock, so that was lucky for Cincinnati. But here we go. This was the drive that ended the game, as the Vikings had one of those big, long, six-minute drives as they started running the ball. Started running the ball. It was beautiful. Peterson and Peterson early, Taylor later on. It's just beautiful. And a couple of short passes to Berrien and Rice. Man. And then Peterson, there it was, ending the drive with his 14th touchdown of the year, second of the day. And, yeah, it was almost the exact same type of drive as before. A little bit, little bit more passing. Favre looked pretty good here. A little bit more sharp than he had maybe a little earlier in the game with more of those underneath passes because you're not going to go long in these guys. As mentioned, about 100,000 times. And Adrian Peterson, congratulations. 14th touchdown, the all-time single-season record for rushing touchdowns with the Minnesota Vikings. There it is. You knew it was coming sooner or later. And it came on the 13th game of the season. Week 14 of the 2009 season. So there you go. chance to get some more here. A chance to get some more. Even though Carolina's defense is still pretty decent over there. i got to think New York's is as well. That's two of the teams we're going to play. And uh, we'll see how that goes. There it is. And that was the end of the game right there. 30-10 to 10 Minnesota. It just got pretty boring after this. I mean, that was just garbage time. But as I mentioned, Palmer... Carson Palmer was the key to the Bengals' success today, and he really was, because it, it shows. Palmer only had 94 yards passing, 55% completion percentage. That's it. That's it. 94 yards, 55% completions. The only difference from my statement earlier was not was, was that the secondary was arguably the main reason Palmer struggled and the Purple's defensive line. Um, but regardless, Palmer did not get the job done. And the Bengals got crushed today. They really did, in a lot of ways. little playing time for Fitzgerald of the uh, Bengals and Travaris Jackson. Just the clock pretty much ran out after that. Just a bunch of run plays, and that was it. 
nothing to see here, folks. There is nothing to see here. <laughs> As I mentioned, the Vikings only had one sack today. The Bengals had two. One of them was that big Johnson and then Finney. Both of those guys did a good job. But, yeah, that Johnson one was whew, a crushing blow. Luckily, nothing happened to Favre. Because he was, all, yeah, I mean, he pretty much smashed him on the ground. So, nothing crazy happened. Favre streak continues. <laughs> He's the all-time king now of all that. Passing Jim Marshall two weeks ago. That was pretty amazing. Pretty, pretty, pretty good game for the Minnesota Vikings. The stats... Not so amazing, really. I mean, we only had one sack. Uh, the leading receiver was only 43 yards. Bernard Berry and Mr. Stonefingers. Favre's numbers not all so great either. You know, he struggled a little bit. The running game, though, pretty complete. Nothing amazing, but complete. Not, you know, that, that's, that's pretty much the whole talk of it. Chester Taylor, though, was very valuable down the stretch. And, of course, Adrian Peterson had two touchdowns, 97 yards today. Got to love that. Up and down, though, a little bit. You know, he'd have a couple bursts, and then he'd get shot down for loss a couple times. I believe he was tackled for loss about three, four times today. And I'm, I'm sorry, it was actually J.T. O'Sullivan. Excuse me. Correction. J.T. O'Sullivan was the backup quarterback at Cincinnati. I'm still stuck in that Fitzgerald guy. Favre's quarterback rating today, only 73.2. Completion percentage of 56.7. But, folks, it has nothing to do with the stemmer. For one, he was out. He was indoors, not outdoors. And... <laughs> The ultimate reason, though, is that Cincinnati secondary is about as good a secondary as you're going to see in the NFL. And um, that's that's a big reason why Favre didn't have the most amazing game today. He, but he still amassed almost 200 yards, 192, so not the worst ever. Just a nice, complete, smart football game by the Vikings today. And that's what got it done. That's exactly what got it done today. It was, was, a, it was a smart game, and... Uh, I'm going to say something some of you out there don't always want to hear because a lot of you don't like Brad Childers, but it was a well-coached game. Yeah, I just said it. It was a well-coached game. I can't believe I'm using those words, but no. Uh, Childress really, though, i got to admit, overall, he's he's done a pretty good job this year. I mean, every virtually every challenge he's made this year has been a, a smart challenge. And... Um, Hey, I'm, I, my hat's off to Brad Childress. He's got an 11-2 record with a really good football team, not with a mediocre team, but still. 11-2 is 11-2 regardless, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to hate on Childress right now. Do I think he needed that extension like in, like immediately dur- during the season? I don't know. I Probably not, but what's done is done, and uh, you can see what this offense looks like when it works, and uh, I actually like it. I actually do like it more than I thought I would. The reason why we didn't like it, Tavares Jackson was the starting quarterback. You, you can't stand and think in the West Coast offense. The ball needs to come out of your hand immediately if you're going to have any success in the West Coast offense. That is the end of the story right there. Especially against a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, who are not going to give you a vertical passing game at all. You have to make quick passes, and players need to make plays, period. And you have players that can make plays. One of them who is perfect for this West Coast offense, unfortunately out with migraines, Percy Harvin. Short pass, break some tackles, and adios bye-bye, or at least a nice first down play. Chester Taylor is, you know, I'm going to say it until the cows come home, about as good of a third down back as you're going to get in the entire NFL. He is so good. It's unbelievable. And as a third down back, 
And, of course, Peterson's ability to catch and run now has greatly improved. He's not quite Brian Westbrook or Marshall Falk in their prime yet, but he's, he's, he's working out and he's getting a lot better. And um, I, when this offense does work, it, it's nice to see. 30 points against the Cincinnati Bengals, who allowed 187 points in the first 12 games. That is pretty damn good. So, hats off. Congratulations to the Vikings there. Got to love that. So, I am going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers and a quick little run-through of the NFL. Nothing major, just a quick little run-through of how things are going. And um, we'll be right back in a few seconds. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 51, a reminder for iPod users, along with Microsoft Zoom and other MP3 users out there. Well, the Carolina Panthers, now you talk about their uh, defensive line and how they've they've been a factor for, for years. Not quite the same this year. They had zero sacks today against the New England Patriots. New England Patriots moved to eight and five. Carolina Panthers dropped to five and eight. Little opposites going on there. Carolina started out the year pretty poorly, and uh, it's it's too late for them. They're not going to the playoffs. The way things are going, Matt Moore started at quarterback today, so we're going to see a player we haven't seen before, unless some of you insanely diehard football fans that have watched every single game out there. Because I don't think too many people are watching the Carolina Panthers these days, unless you're a fan of them. Matt Moore, Matt Moore at quarterback. Jake Delum and his crazy ass finally not playing quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Matt Moore wasn't really bad against the uh, Patriots, so he wasn't great. He only completed half of his passes. No interceptions, though. Got that one touchdown very early in the game, which is a 41-yard pass to Steve Smith. And to me, that guy, well, he doesn't help the Bengals. Excuse me, the Bengals. He doesn't help the Panthers this year. He had a horrendous start to the year. Basically, the first half of the season, this guy was invisible. They were talking about the Steve Smith in New York as being the better player, the better Steve Smith. Uh, Yeah, he's a good player, but when you talk about the Steve Smith of Carolina, this guy was regarded as the best receiver in the NFL for the last three, four years or so until Mr. Larry Fitzgerald started to step up and Randy Moss really started to step up, or really, you know, Randy Moss had that insanely sick season in 07. He kind of returned to his farm and went even beyond it. Above and beyond, as we like to say. How quaint, right? But um, <laughs> Steve Smith, yeah, how quaint indeed. Finally getting a touchdown here, 41-yarder. And sin- and Carolina took a 7-point lead early on, but the Patriots just kind of came at them ever since. And uh, Carolina, nothing impressive at all, really, to be honest they're not a team that really scares me. The only problem is, you know, it's another road game. Now, it's a warmer, it's a much warmer climate, so you don't have to worry about Brett Favre in the cold. But um, really the key to this game is uh, the Vikings' rush defense. We're going to have to go with that. Uh, Steve Smith, though, in the past has been a Viking killer. He didn't do it to the Vikings last year, in uh, which was the Vikings' first game, first win last year, when Gus Ferrat took over for Tavares Jackson in that game. He was the, it was his first start of the year. It was a uh, 
Vikings starting quarterback. Um, Carolina is just not the same team they were last year. Uh, they really don't scare me too much. Their their running game is not what it was last year. As uh, Jonathan Stewart has had a pretty up and down year. You got uh, D'Angelo Williams, which you could argue is all world. Uh, he only rushed the ball 13 times, though, and Stewart only rushed the ball seven times, which is quite interesting. I don't know what Carolina was doing, to be honest. You have a quarterback completing 50% of their passes, so not sure what they were doing. <laughs> uh, these guys didn't have the biggest year ever, and I, I, a lot of that is when the passing game is bad. You can't really, you can't even really get to run the ball, especially when you're playing comeback the whole game. And, you know, the other teams are going to focus on these guys, and the Vikings obviously are going to have to focus on these guys, especially uh, D'Angelo Williams. He has, I hope I didn't say D'Angelo Hall. <laughs> D'Angelo Williams is an all-world player. And the, this duo is regarded as the number two running back duo in the NFL behind uh, Adrian Peterson and Chester Taylor. Uh, they're certainly young. It's, it's a younger duo. It's Chester Taylor's about 30 now. Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, extremely young players. Stewart's only in his third year, I believe, or second year. D'Angelo Williams is only in his fourth, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> a lot of youth over there in their back back court, back field. Uh, that's really the focus here. The Vikings need to stop the running game and then hope to, to get to Matt Moore, the virtually unknown Matt Moore at quarterback. Steve Smith, though, I mean, he's, he's always a threat. You never really know. But the best part about Steve Smith today, well, he only caught one more pass. The only problem is, it was a 40-yard play. It was a 40-yard pass. Yeah, he had two 40-yard catches today for 83 yards. So, they, for one, they don't get him the ball, and second, it's just he's just not the same guy. It's just not happening. So, if I I do expect the Vikings to win this game, but who knows? Who knows? I mean. Things changed a little bit last week in that Arizona game. Now this is not this is not Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald, and Anquan Bolden or anything, but you you just never know with with Carolina. They're they're a quirky team. They come out and beat teams. They they might have scared the New England Patriots a little bit early on, but then the Patriots went back to work. Uh, you might see that in the Vikings game. So I do think the Vikings win. I think the run defense shuts down the uh, Carolina running backs enough to win the game because I don't fear their passing game at all. So that's how I stand coming into Carolina. Do call into the phone lines at 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It's a voicemail. Uh, make your comments. Talk about the, the uh, Carolina game Talk you know because it, it'll be about when it happens or talk about the, uh, the game today, the Cincinnati Bengals. Do your comment. It'd be great to have you on air. Keep it to about a minute, but if it's a little longer, I don't. I'm not going to have a major problem with it. You'll be on air. You'll be able to interact with me that way, and uh, leave your name in town. And there you go. You will be on Purple Mafia with me. Please tell a friend about this show. I'd appreciate it very much indeed. So that's ways to get in touch with me in terms of the show. Also on the SportsStuff.com, there is a button in the upper right-hand corner. It says TSS Boards. Click on that and then do register for the sportsstuff.com on that left-hand side. It'd be terrific to have you on board. So that's your contact details. That's a way to get in touch with me. 
of course, on those message boards, you can go to the podcaster section and click on Purple Mafia and comment in there. Ask a question, whatever, comment, mention whatever you want to say, whatever it is. Vikings might have a hard time or something like that. But uh, at 11-2, and two, the Minnesota Vikings have clinched a playoff berth. So we're back in the playoffs for the second year in a row. And it looks like for the first time since I have watched the Minnesota Vikings, when I started watching the Vikings back in 1992, the Vikings will win division titles in back-to-back seasons. As in 92, the Vikings uh, had that nice 11-5 and season. And no, I'm not taking notes. This is all in memory. Not taking notes on uh, Vikings history. <laughs> I can, though, but I'm not doing it when I talk about this. 11-5 and Minnesota. Nice division title. Choke to the Redskins. Come back the next year with a pretty stale 9-7 and record in 93. Detroit wins the division. At least the Vikings did get to the playoffs that next year in a row, but no. No division title. 94, the Vikings come out and win a division title with a stale, again, 10-6 and record, but they win the division nonetheless. Did they win the division in 95 when a lot of us thought they were going to be better? No, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> 96, no division title. 97, no division title, of course. So, 98, they won the division with that 15-1 record. And everybody on this planet thought Minnesota would, would repeat as division champions in 99. And they didn't. They were 10-6 and six again. A very good 10-6, and six, but still 10-6. and six. Tampa Bay won that division that year. So, it was like there's always this, the year after the Vikings won the division, expected a, a drop-off one way or another. Just things wouldn't work quite the way they did the previous year, whatever it is. A lot of it is a tougher schedule, and, and uh, teams adjust to you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> there's one more um, thing I'm going to compare to, and that was 2000, the Vikings with that 11-5 record, and then a 5-11 uh, record in 2001. So it looks like it's finally going to happen. We can fi- I can finally bre- have a sigh of relief. The Vikings took a step up this year. They already have won one more game than they did last year. It's beautiful, and uh, this is very encouraging to see. And um, at 11 and 2, it looks like it's going to be a pretty exciting year for the Minnesota Vikings in terms of a playoff run of some kind. So it just—it was really cool to see that to see the Vikings come out and take care of business the way they did today. That's my uh, my closing statement. Is you know when you're able to respond when you get punched in the mouth as hard as the Vikings did. In Arizona to respond with a 30 to 10 victory over a 9 and 3 team, yeah, it was a home game, but it was a 30 to 10 victory over a team that very easily could have come in and uh, really sucked the wind out of the Vikings' sails, as they would have been 10 and 3, and possibly only one game ahead of a team like Arizona, Dallas, or Philadelphia. That could have gotten really interesting. <laughs> that would have really been interesting. But now the Vikings inch that next that next step closer to that first round bye. They are that close, folks. And uh, it feels really damn good. It really does. I'm smelling NFC Championship game birth. And then, well, <laughs> it's all up to the Vikings at that point. But uh, it's it feels good that it's going to be one of those years where you talk about it 10 years from now, that this team got this far. And hopefully it's as far as it goes all the way. So kind of close with that statement. Thank you guys always for listening to this show. And we'll be back next week to review that Carolina game and keep talking some Minnesota Vikings football. Please do call into that phone line, 209-736-7877. Also, add my Facebook 
group. It is Paladino Live Productions. Paladino Live Productions. It would be great to have you on that. Thank you always for listening again, and we will talk to you next week. Take care.